clients and agencies and technology firms in the research space with with sort of growth and change challenges, really. Um, and that's where the, the Insight Platforms website came from. It's an offshoot of the consulting work that I've been doing, helping organizations really wrap their head around how they work with technology to, to change their businesses or to improve the process or to, um, to get faster or leaner and all those things. Welcome back to another episode of Data Decisions with Chorus. I'm Drew Chambers, VP of Marketing for Chorus, and I'm joined by Mike Stevens today from the insightsplatform.com uh, or insightsplatform.com, I should say. So, uh, Mike, thanks for being on the show. And, thanks and, for having me, Drew. Yeah, of course. So, so maybe just a quick rundown on your background and, and a little bit about insightsplatform.com. Sure. Thanks. So, um, yeah, my, my background is I'm um, 20 years in uh, consulting, marketing, research, technology. I've worked around the space for a little while, which is where I am now, working for myself again with my own consulting business, which helps clients and agencies and technology firms in the research space with, with sort of growth and change challenges, really. Um, and that's where the, the Insight Platforms website came from. It's an offshoot of the consulting work that I've been doing, helping organizations really wrap their head around how they work with technology to, to change their businesses or to improve the process or to, um, to get faster or leaner and all those things. So I was helping different client organizations and agencies to work out who they should or you know, which capabilities they needed, which technologies they should be adopting and which vendors they should be looking at. And I realized there wasn't really a an easy way for people to do this by themselves. So started to put together a directory of, of research tools, technologies, data sources, and increasingly um, thought leadership around the uh, insight technology space. So that's Great. me. In a nutshell, that's the background yeah. of the, the website. Well, well, and I think, you know, what's, what's so fascinating, I really love your, love your platform. We'll, we'll obviously link to it in the show notes. Um, but, you know, I think where you have a really unique perspective, and, and certainly you've shared a lot of content, um, you know, in the, in the GRIT report and, and in, other, uh, in other venues um, about where things are going. I think you, you have a, a, a better bead on the kind of changes in the analytics, the consulting, the market research space than, than maybe um, uh, anybody else. So it kind of, as, as you may know in this show, we often talk about the application of data um, yeah. to, to drive insights in, in business decisions. Where do you see things maybe changing, evolving? Where, where are things going um, with regards to that? Yeah. I think it's it's interesting in just the sheer number of people in organizations now who are hungry for data about customers or about consumers. So, you know, for the last 20 years, 
it's been a, a philosophy has been preached quite strongly of customer centricity, of grounding decisions in the user. And that is really taking hold now. And I think technology is enabling that. So I think one of the biggest changes that I see is, um, you know, research teams, insight teams don't necessarily own research anymore. You know, the idea of it, of, of customer data or, or insight being owned is a bit anachronistic because so many different departments, users in the organization can do their own research, can run their own analytics. So technology is really enabling people, I think, to do more stuff, which for many research departments feels like there's something contradictory going on because research budgets are under pressure, because timelines are getting squeezed, there's no more money for headcount in um, inside departments. But in reality, the demand is greater than it's ever been. It's just the way that research analytics is being done is, for better or for worse, is being democratized across the organization. That's a, that's a really great, great point. So, so taking that a step further, what, what do you think... What, what does that do to the structure of teams? What is that, yeah. you know, as, as, uh, as organizations start to embrace more yeah. technologies and maybe a variety of different platforms working together, what does that do to the, to the overall structure of, of Insights teams? Do they start, do they grow? Do they shrink and then become part of something else? Uh, yeah. How does that look internally? I, I think it's it's a challenge that a lot of insight leaders are grappling with at the moment. And on the one hand, you know, if, if you're managing an insight department, you might look at this trend for other people doing their own research and think this is great because you know more research is a good thing. This is my life. This is what I do, and it means that you know I'm being successful because. We're creating demand, and um, that means less of a bottleneck through my department. So at the one end of the spectrum, you've got this instinctively positive approach. On the other other end, you've got people looking at that thinking, this is chaos. You know, I've got people, I've got a brand manager, I've got a strategy guy, I've got an innovation person who's going off and buying a survey monkey, who's running their analytics. They don't understand the consumer they haven't got the you know the the textured context they don't know how to design research they're making decisions on data which is you know badly designed it's dangerous because they don't have the background so there's there's a real um you know there's a real mix of challenges i think in the way that this is evolving in organizations so for many insight teams they're having to grapple with enabling other departments to do their own work, but also having to share best practices, become more focused on you know training other people, creating templates, showing the way rather than just delivering projects, which is a different mix of skills. It's a different structure in the team. And within Insight Teams as well, there's... Uh, you know, a, a big change in the skill sets, I think, that are expected now compared to what would have been five, ten years ago, where there are so many different types of data and currency that may be coming from 
um, you know, transactional data, it could be behavioral analytics, it could be location data from, you know, from uh, mobile smartphone data aggregators alongside more traditional sources like focus groups, observations, discussions that need to be integrated together. And that's a, you know, that's a very different um, skill set to, to take data across the spectrum and to try to integrate it in, uh, you know, in, a, in a more creative way. Yeah, I, I love that you went the direction of the the skill sets. Um, yeah, a couple of pieces there that I wanted to, to pull out, uh, uh, kind of two two follow on questions. You, you mentioned um, not I don't want to say mistakes, but some of the challenges that that uh, organizations and, and insights departments are facing. Uh, you know, I'd like to ask, what do you think is the one thing uh, that's you most commonly see being done maybe incorrectly or that the insights groups are getting wrong. And then the other piece follow on to your, to what you were saying is what is the skill set that you absolutely need to have today that you, that wasn't, you know, was maybe a, a nice perk or, or uh, wasn't even relevant five, 10 years ago. Um, yeah. Very good. Very interesting. Um, so I think the, the one of the biggest mistakes, and this is going to sound odd coming from a guy who's kind of documented and, and catalogued technology solutions for, for research, but I think one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest mistakes people make is pick a technology, you know, be seduced by the software, the shiny tool, and putting something in place with the expectation that the technology itself is somehow going to enable magic agility or it's going to solve a workflow thing that they've got. The reality is, you know, technology is one piece of, a, you know, quite a complex process change that needs to happen. So if you're going to say we want to be an agile insight team, it's not just a question of going and buying or subscribing to you know to a software platform that allows you to test things quickly, you have to change your mindset, the expectations of stakeholders, the way in which you work. You have to change the you know potentially grade the different types of projects that you do. Some that need longer, some that need more depth. Others that can be done you know through a, an agile testing platform, that kind of thing. So I think you know the one of the even though technology is. The, one of the big drivers of change and one of the big opportunities for people to, you know, to really innovate around insight. It's also one of the enemies in that people can be seduced by the simplicity of just buying a bit of software. So I think that's the, that's one of the, the big challenges. Um, if that's not um, too challenging a thing to say to a guy who's uh, no, no. a software business. But, <laughs> no, no, I think I actually... I actually think it's, I think it's a great point because I think we, we often share the same thoughts with clients, which is to yeah. say that there's, you know, there is always a human element in this process and, and yeah. you're never going to be able to, to necessarily fully automate it. And you can't rely on somebody, uh, some widget telling you that this is the exact way to do it. You have to, to modify for your specific needs. So, so technology can be an absolute um, uh, huge help in this process, but it, it can't necessarily be the, the silver bullet. Um, yeah. at least I've, I've seen this on the, on the vendor side, you know, where um, somebody has spent, you know, in excess of, you know, six figure investment 
for an annual software license for a, for a platform that just doesn't get used effectively. And after 12 months, 24 months, the deal gets cancelled. And there's a lot of uh, disillusion about the role and the potential of technology. And that's because things weren't set up with a, a view to the process and the human side of things from the start. For sure. So, and um, then, so the, yeah, um, so the skill set. Yeah, very, very interesting. And there's lots of, um, uh, I mean, I, the, the thing that I hear more than anything else, this is not my answer, but this is what I, what I hear from a lot of people, is, uh, is storytelling, which is, you know, clearly people need to be able to synthesize data sources to, you know, to put a, com a compelling narrative around it. Um, I mean, I, I'd go a bit stronger than that, to be honest. I think that one of the biggest skills that has been lacking and needs building in insight teams is actually sales skills. So the ability to sell a vision, an idea, to bring people along to make decisions on the back of data. Because... You know, you can. There are so many data sources now. There are there are more than nine hundred different tools that that are in the Insight Platforms database. If you wanted to, you could probably pick a combination of software approaches and data sources to create diametrically opposed bits of evidence about you know your market, about customers. It's very easy to create conflicting evidence with the, the just the number of tools that are available now. So, what needs to happen is that obviously the synthesis and the storytelling is key for the insight people to be able to make sense of that but actually then they need to be able to sell their interpretation their narrative effectively to the c-suite to decision makers to um, whoever needs to actually do something with the data so i think sales skills would be my my number one no that's a, that's a fantastic answer um so I'll uh, wrap it up with, with the question that we always ask, which is that what, what are some maybe articles or resources, books, uh, whatever your preferred medium that have helped influence your thinking in the space uh, or that you would recommend to somebody that's just starting to dabble in, in this kind of insights world um, uh, if they were trying to learn? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. So, I, I mean, I've got three, actually I've got four. All right. So, um, it's books mostly for me. I do read, I do read articles. I do read, um, you know, reviews, but I like to read and listen to audio books as well. And, um, three that I think are particularly worth reading at the moment. There's, there's obviously a lot talked about the, way we make decisions, the psychology of decision-making and the role of emotion within that. And a couple of books around that space that I think are very important and um, you know, will challenge people. One is called How Emotions Are Made by Lisa Feldman Barrett. And this is an excellent sort of deconstruction from a, a neuroscience perspective of the way in which emotional experiences created in response to stimulus and it challenges a lot of the um, the received wisdom or some of the earlier research that was done in this space and uh, in, a, in a similar way there's a book by a, a guy called Nick Chater called The Mind is Flat which was recommended to me um, earlier this year and again this challenges the notion that if you know if we all think we have hidden depths and the subconscious that is driving our behavior, this book 
challenges that head on <laughs> and says we're all actually one-dimensional individuals um, just rapidly switching decision-making in the in the moment so those, those two from a um you know a, a kind of neuroscience emotional decision-making i think are very well worth reading given our recognition of, of how important that is these days um, the third, actually, I read this on the, over the summer, and he's a guy who a lot of people will have seen on uh, TED Talks, Hans Rosling, unfortunately died of cancer, but uh, very impressive. His book, Factfulness, which I think for anybody entering this industry, anybody in the kind of business of evidence or, or gathering data, it should be an absolute must-read because it's about how to... Um, really how to use data to come to an effective conclusion about the state of the world, about global development, about you know, how to interpret and, uh, and then take action with data. So it's, it's a critical book, I think, for anybody who wants to work in, in research and insight. Um, so Excellent. those are three. Yeah, and we will link to all three of those in the show notes. Those are, those are excellent recommendations. Um, Mike Stevens, InsightPlatforms.com. Thank you so much for being on the show. Great. Thanks very much, Drew.